we heard about um, how, I think it was Judy who spoke about how mission is to be done as a team. And if you're, once you become a child of God, that automatic, automatically enlists you, remember that, into mission. And we read from um, uh, Matthew 28, and I'm going to read that again. Um, I'll read that in a bit. So we read that, we, we were taught that we're commissioned to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. And we also learned that God's design for mission, like I said, is to be undertaken in teams um, as an expression of the body of Christ, encouraging, inspiring, praying for each other, building ourselves up, you know, um, backing each other up, just making sure that we work tightly as a team together to, um, to, to, to do what God wants us to do, however he wants us to do that, in whatever expression or whatever environment we find ourselves that we are encouraging each other, spurring each other on to do that. We also heard that a mission actually originated from God. Do you remember that? that yes. yes, that God sent himself. He's the God who sent himself. And that, you know, God said, let us make man in our own image. He made his humanity in his image. And then obviously when um, the fall happened, um, he also, you know, planned, designed to restore his people back to himself. And he sent himself in order to do that. And in turn, he's doing what? Sending us. Is that right? He's sending us. You know, when, when God, um, when, I was just thinking about when that fall happened in the Garden of Eden. You know, I remember Richard saying that um, God created us in his image. That's what happened when we have children, isn't it? You create, you have people who are made in your image. And I can imagine when, you know, Adam and Eve fell and he had to send them out of the Garden of Eden. What the pain it must have been, how painful it must have been for God to have to make that decision, to send out his own creation out of his presence. But then he made another decision, really, to restore them back to himself. And that's the Great Commission. And in doing that, he sent himself. He started that process in himself um, by sending his son, Jesus. So mission originated with God, the God who sent himself in the person of his son to restore humanity back um, to, to God. He in turn is sending us to be agents of restoration, seeking to express his love in us and through us for us to partner with him in establishing his kingdom here on earth. So the question I have this morning, who was that instruction to? You know that instruction. So let's go and read Matthew 28. Matthew 28, uh, which we read at the beginning when um, Judy started to introduce this um, series. Matthew 28, verse 19 to 20. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And 20 says, And teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I am with you always um, to the very end of the age. So going back to that question I posed, who was the instruction or the mandate addressed to? 
Do you remember it was when Jesus had um, risen from the dead? Um, and then he appeared to who? His disciples. Is that right? It was to his disciples that he gave that instruction. So, um, and, the, and, the, and the instruction was to go. To go and do what? To make disciples of all nations. There are three things that I um, picked out from that scripture. The first, there are two instructions there, two key instructions and a promise. No, the first one was go and make disciples of all nations. So the command is to his disciples to one, go and make disciples, disciples making disciples. And the second was teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. So it is to those who have already received what? Commandments. And already doing what? Obeying those commands. Those are the ones who he told to go and teach them to the others who haven't already started in that process and for them to come into the fold of Christ, of restoring them back to himself. And then there's a promise there. It says, surely, surely, without fail. What does surely mean? Without fail. There's no doubt about it. I will be with you. I said, surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. Is that clear up to that point? Yeah. Excellent. So, my question is, not a question, sorry, it's a statement. <laughs> we are called to be disciples who in turn make disciples of others. The disciples, the, sorry, disciples do mission. So what's the title of my um, my message today, the title is Disciples Make Disciples. That's mission. As a disciple, you're already in mission because you're already making other disciples through your life, through your lifestyle, through your interactions. Whatever you do is mission. Okay. So who is a disciple? Um, or what does it mean to be a disciple? A disciple is a follower of Christ. The person who has received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Um, the person who has had an encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ. Has recognized the sacrifice of Christ. You know, we sang this morning about, you know, being sacrificial. I'm laying our lives down as sacrifices to God. But God was the first who made that sacrifice in his son. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he did what? He sent his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal lives. So God went to the cross for us in order for us to be restored back to himself. So God, for anyone who has encountered Christ, who has given his life or her life to Christ, that is who becomes the follower of Christ and that person is a disciple. You know, in John, so I'm, I'm reading quite a few scriptures, so you can put it down. Um, you can write them down if you want. Um, John 3 um, and 3 to 5, John 3, 3 and 5 to 6 in the NIV, Jesus replied. He says, Verily, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. So, unless they're born again, they cannot see the kingdom of God. Jesus answered in, in um, verse 5. He says, Verily, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of the water and of the spirit. 
Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the spirit gives birth to spirit. So the, my question, I have a number of questions today. My question, are you a disciple? You know, being a disciple does not mean coming to church and listening to a sermon or being part of a church. It has to be, there has to be a beginning. Have you, are you a disciple? Have you encountered the saving power, the saving grace of Jesus? Have you made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? In the Bible says, the grace of God that, that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Have you received that grace in your life, in your own personal life? Have you given your life to Jesus? There has to be a beginning. That's the point at which you become a disciple. You know, it is when we become disciples that we have the potential. When we give our life to Christ, that is the, that's when we have that potential to start to become like Jesus. God's intention is for us to become like him, to be conformed to his image and to his likeness. And that's the whole purpose of mission. God has called us to be more like himself and create more people like himself as we spread the gospel, as we interact with people, we share that life of Christ so that more and more people are being conformed to the image of Christ. Amen. So are you born again is a question. If that answer is, I'm not sure actually, I don't know. Or the answer is, absolutely, I, I, I'm not. Fantastic. Because there's always a beginning. And today can be that beginning for you. You know, today you can step forward and say, Lord, I actually recognize what you've done for me on the cross. Without you, I cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. I recognize that I have sinned. You know, my ancestor true Adam sinned. And because of that, we have a fallen nature in us. And only when we come to Christ, through the cross, is that nature terminated. And that's why we have to make a decision to receive Christ, to terminate that old nature. I'm not going to all of that. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure there's going to be teachings you can go back and, 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 um, and listen to about that. But it is at the cross that we, that nature is terminated and we receive the exchange, that spirit of Christ, that then makes us a disciple and we potentially can start to grow and become more and more like Jesus. Amen. Amen. So why do you need to be a disciple? Um, Romans 8.29, it says, For those God foreknew, he also predestined. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I think I've already said, you know, I've, I've covered that already. Um, we are disciples because that's the process of being conformed to his image. That is the process of learning Christ and aligning our lives to Christ of daily improving through the spirit of Jesus in us to become more and more like him. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared for us to do in advance, he says. What's that work? We already know what it is. It says, go and make disciples of all nations. So from Ephesians 2.10, God already 
have that in mind. I remember, um, um, sorry, Richard saying that, you know, the church was not made. So God didn't create um, the church and then decided what the church was going to do and then thought about mission. No, the church was in, has been put in place in order to do what? To do mission. In order to spread the gospel, the Bible says, and the glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters do what? Cover the sea. So God's purpose and intention for his church is for us to go into the world and make disciples of him. So that's what this, um, his, um, we're, we're made to be as his handiwork. In another, in another um, version, it says, we're God's workmanship, you know, you're his special creation. You're his design. You know, if, if an artist is putting something together and it's so celebrated, they call it, you know, a, a work of art. You are God's work of art to draw the world to himself. Isn't that fantastic? That wherever you go, you know that God, Lord, I am your representative. I'm here so that I can showcase you, amen, amen. to the world. Isn't that amazing? That you are a representative of the almighty God. And I showcase him wherever I go. Lord, I just thank you for that. That's just so mind-blowing. That the God of all the universe, of all existence, chooses you and me to represent him in this planet. That's great. Amen. Um, in Mark, you know, in Mark 3, um, 14, it says, and he appointed 12. So these were the 12 disciples that he had to himself at the very beginning and he said that they might be with him and he might send them forth to preach so his intention was to have us with him have have us with him you know three years of his life he was pouring his life into his disciples you know he was moving around with them they would pray together they would go and you know there would be miracles there was um i remember last week we talked about the feeding the five thousand kids do you remember that any kids remember what we did last week? How, how God used an ordinary person, you know, to help in the miracle of feeding the 5,000. This was something that Jesus was just doing normally with his disciples. And how his disciples said, Lord, there are all these people. How are we going to feed them? And he says, oh, go and find some food for them. And they said, oh, no, <laughs> even if we a whole year's salary, we'll not be able to feed all these people. Send them away to go and buy something to eat. And Jesus said, no, you sit them down and feed them. And said, what do you have? There was a child who had five loaves of bread and what? Two fish. Remember that story. And what did he do? He took that five loaves of bread and two fish. It was an ordinary thing, isn't it? Very ordinary. And broke it and gave it back to his disciples. And the fed 5,000 men, not counting women and children. What is that story about? I'm sorry, it's slightly digressing. It's because God uses us ordinary people and the ordinary things in our lives to touch the world around us. God is not looking for anything extraordinary in terms of overly special. So those 12 disciples he called to, them, to himself, who were they? They were just normal people. You know, uh, some people, <laughs> they're fishermen. In Acts of the Apostles, actually, you know, they... They, they were kind of insulted. They said they were barbarians, you know, they were schooled, they were this and that. But they took notice of what? They said they took note that they had done what? 
they had been with Jesus. It is Jesus that makes the difference in the life of any human being. So when we come as a, when we become a disciple, when we give our life to Jesus, that process of being transformed into the image of Christ begins. Amen. Wow. Don't know time's going so quickly. Right. Okay. Right. So I, I wanted to look at somebody who, whose life could illustrate what the characters of a disciple looks like. Um, and I'm going to go through this very quickly. I'm not going to read read. I, I want to use the life of somebody called Ezra. Ezra was somebody who lived in the Old Testament. Um, and at the time he lived, it was at the time where, similar to the world we live right now, you know, the children of Israel who um, represented the church at the time, it appears they lived in a world where people were doing their own things. They had, forsa they had forsaken the, the law of Christ. Um, they, they were doing, they were, you know, into different difficult relationships, um, or unholy relationships, so to say, not difficult, that's, that's not the right word, but they were in, doing straight things. And because of their sin, they were taken into ex they were taken in into captivity in Babylon. So you can read Ezra chapter. Actually, read the whole of Ezra. There are only ten chapters there, I think. Yes, please take time and read the whole of Ezra. And Ezra was one of those who had been taken captive in Babylon. But this guy made up his mind that he was going to do what he was going to follow um, the law of the Lord. You know, and let's see how his life panned out. So, um, if we look at Ezra, just, I'm just going to read what I have here. It says, at the time, the children of Israel were in captivity in Babylon because they had turned their back on God and forsook his law. Ezra was amongst those who had been taken into captivity. He knew, he knew, for, he knew for restoration to happen, they had to return to the word of God. He saw the law of God first for himself, then for, um, then for a transformation in his own personal life, and then began to teach that in Israel. So let's see what, let's, let's go to Ezra 7, um, 6 and 10. And I'm going to read this. The Bible says, this Ezra, there's an emphasis on, on him. This, this particular one, not a different Ezra. This Ezra came up from Babylon, and he was killed in the law of Moses, which the Lord, the God of Israel, had given. The king granted him all his requests, according to the hand of the Lord his God upon him. Verse 10, for Ezra had prepared his heart to seek the law of the Lord and to do it and teach the statutes and the ordinances of Israel. Does that look like that um, command that we have been given? Go into all the world and do what? Preach the gospel and do what? Teaching them to do what? To obey all that I have commanded you. What did Ezra do? Ezra prepared his heart. The Bible says um, he was killed in the gospel. In another, in another version, I think it's KJV, it says Ezra was a ready scribe. He'd taken his time to get into the word of God, to understand what God was saying to him. Lord, what's your plan? What's your heart? What are you saying to me? What do you want me to do? As you know, we're talking about um, being part of a community, getting involved, you know, getting part of Connect, contributing your own bit. How do you know what God wants you to do if you don't know his word? That is the number one plan, number one tool, number one equipment for us to, for our lives to be shaped to know what God is saying to us. So this Ezra, the Bible says, this Ezra was a ready scribe, a ready teacher of the word. 
I'm not saying, you know, you have to be <laughs> like Richard or Lukundu who come up here and they're just magnificent in the way they, you know, and, and the likes of Kofu. And, you know, who, when they speak the word, but God wants us to be people who at least get into the word of God. Yeah. Know what the word of God is saying to you. You know, it's not a dependency of, oh, I'm going to come here on the Sunday and when Richard speaks or Kofu speaks or Lukundu speaks, that's going to be enough. No, God is saying, I want you to get into my word daily. I want you to get into my word regularly. I want my word to be shaping your life. Every day, my word directs what you do. You know, I began to experience that. I used to think, oh, you know, you just read your Bible and that's it. But over time, I began to say, Lord, I really want to know how your word shapes my life daily. And when I began to get into the word of God, honestly, I can promise you, God would give you a word for every single day of your life. You know, you know, you go into situations and you know you've read the word, you've prayed, and God is directing you because he's shown you something already that morning. So it is important for us to do that on a daily basis. And the Bible says, this Ezra, this Ezra, you know, he made up his mind. He was skilled in the scriptures, in the law of Moses, which the Lord his God had given him. And then the Bible says, the king, so of course, if you read the story about Ezra, he, had, he was in exile, and he was going back to Israel to investigate what was happening. You know, the, um, Judith mentioned when she spoke about um, Nehemiah going, going back to rebuild the temple. You know, the, 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 everything was in disarray in Israel. You know, they were doing other things. You know, they're going to wrong relationships. Ezra made up his mind to go and set things right. And he knew the way to do that was the word of God. The word of God had to be restored. So that people knew what God was saying and they could come to repentance. And Ezra made up his mind to study the word for himself first. And then began to teach to others. Amen. Amen. So, um, so this Ezra, this Ezra devoted himself. Um, let me just... Two. Okay. KJB says, you know, he was a ready scribe. 2 Timothy 2.15, this is an instruction for all of us. It says, NIV, it says, do your best. Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly handles the word of truth. You know, we're talking about uh, missions. We want to win souls. Do you know, you might be somebody, say, imagine your workplace. Somebody comes to Christ through you. You're the only one around that person who can help them to grow in Christ. How do you do that if you don't know the word of God? You know, it's important for you to know, well, how do you help people to be God? It says, you know, go and make disciples. As a disciple, you are making other disciples. Learn to know the word of God. Amen. So do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, who correctly, who correctly handles the word of truth. There's so much distraction you know, when I look at my kids and I think about so many things that they have to do, and social media here, this, that, 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 <laughs> I think, how are these guys coping? But we have to ground ourselves in the world. You know, we have to, we'll carve out time. It does not matter what it is. Carve that time and to say, God, you are my number one priority. You are not number one priority. I'm going to spend time in you to know you through your word, to pray, to seek your heart. That's what Ezra did. You know, second thing we want to learn about Ezra. He says he prepared his heart to seek the Lord and the word of the Lord. I think, I, I don't want to be labeled that, I've already said that. You know, the first one that he took time, you know, he decided to study. 
The other, the other one, he's prepared his heart. You know, you, we, we read about the Pharisees who go to, you know, the Pharisees are the, um, um, they're, who are they? They, they? they understand the law. You know, they're the custodians of the law in the time of um, the children of Israel. They're the ones who would interpret the law. You know, they're the ones who, if anybody wanted to understand what God was saying, they went to the Pharisees. So they were custodians. And when they came to Jesus, some of them would come and ask questions. They might say, oh, is it lawful? Jesus, tell us, is it lawful for anybody to divorce their wife? And you know, they were not coming because they wanted to learn from Jesus. They came because the Bible says they wanted to test him. You know, that's what's our attitude to the word of God. Are we coming in order to be, to be taught for Christ to teach us? Not just to read the word and have head knowledge. Head knowledge does not do anything. The Bible says the letter kills, kills but the spirit gives life. It says the words that I speak to you, they are what? They are spirit and they are life. You know, we must come to God with an attitude that we want to hear him. We want to touch the spirit of the word. And please don't get me wrong. It's not the Greek version or the Aramaic version or the Hebrew version. No, the Bible says his word is spirit. You know, when you come to the word of Christ, there's a measure of spirit in every scripture. The scriptures are like capsules that hold a measure of the spirit of God. And that's what you want to touch as a disciple. That's what is, when we encounter the spirit of God, that is when it makes a difference to our lives. And I know um, my time is going. Um, I'm going to try it very quickly. Um, so he prepared his heart quickly. Um, so, well, you can read Hebrews 11, 16. The Bible says without faith it is impossible to please God. The next one, he walked in obedience. You know, he prepared his heart to seek God. And to do it, to do the word. So it's not enough for us to read scripture and to understand this is what he's saying. Oh, we must do what? We must do it. We must do it. To walk in obedience and then teach. It is out of the outpouring of what God has put in you that you can touch others. You cannot give what you don't have. Have you heard that phrase already? You can't give what you don't have. You know, God fills you with his spirit. And Bible says, out of anyone who believes in me, what happens? Out of his belly shall do what? Shall flow rivers of living waters. It is an overflow in your spirit that touches the life of the other people around you. So he made up his mind to obey God and to do it. And then he began to teach. You know, teaching is not, before he's doing a PhD in, in theology, we're not saying do that. We're saying get your Bible, make it a part of you. Make it, you know, a lot of people can't do without their Facebook page. Every day they go and check well, how many likes they have, the Instagram. And I don't know if they've read the Bible to say, God, what are you saying to me this morning? Make the word of God your number one priority. Amen. Study it. Study to show yourself approved. So um, very quickly, um, you know, he made up his mind that he was going to do the word of God and teach it. And I can imagine, you know, in, in Psalm 19 verse 7, it says, well, I wrote here that I can imagine that Psalm 19 verse 7 to 14 was his wake-up alarm ringtone. And what does it say? It says, the law, the law of the Lord is perfect. It's converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The command of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. Bible says the entrance of your word brings light and understanding to the simple. Ezra was a skilled tribe because he meticulously 
studying the word of God, practicing it in his own life with every opportunity um, to, to practice it and then to teach it in Israel. Amen. You know, Paul wrote, um, Paul wrote in, um, in Romans 1. This is the power of the gospel. He says, and this is um, the good news translation. He says, I have complete confidence in the gospel. It is the power to save all who believe, first the Jews and also the Gentiles. For the gospel reveals God's, so for the gospel reveals how God puts people right with himself. It is true faith from the beginning to the end. As the scripture says, the person who is put right with God um, is, done, is, is the person who, the person who is put right with God is true faith. It, so we, we come to God by faith. So God's word is the instrument for transforming lives. Israel, um, Ezra knew that, and he made up his mind to, pour, to, to get into the world and to teach it. So I'm, going, I'm, not going, I'm going to stop because there's, there's just got a few things to read, but I won't go through them. But what I've said today, I think, you know, it's enough. We have a command to go into the world and do what? And preach the gospel to every nation, teaching them all that he has commanded us. Is that right? How do you know what he's commanded you if you do not get into his word? Amen. Amen. So, um, Lord, please do help us as we've heard your word. Lord, expand it in our hearts, O oh God. Amen. Give us the grace to know what you're calling us into. You're calling us to partner with yourself, Lord, to spread your word, to cause the glory of the Lord, to reach all lives around us, O oh God. Lord, for us to be that representative, that agent of transformation, First, our own life needs to be transformed and changed so that we can change the lives of others around us. Lord, we ask the help of the Holy Spirit. Lord, give us the grace to do what you have called us into fully and seriously in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.